you're listening to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and I believe that every one of you has a wealth of potential just waiting to come out. And I'm here to help you reach that potential. So now, here's the Aim to Win podcast. Welcome to the Aim to Win podcast. I'm Wade Thomas, and today I'm delighted to have Dr. Ruth Gotian on the podcast. And she is a Chief Learning Officer and Assistant Professor of Education and Anesthesiology and former Assistant Dean of Mentoring and Executive Director of the Mentoring Academy at Wheel Cornell Medicine. She has been hailed by the journal Nature and Columbia University as an expert in mentorship and leadership development. In 2021, she was selected as one of the 30 people worldwide to be named to the Thinkers 50 radar list, dubbed the Oscars of Management Thinking, and by August was shortlisted as the top eight emerging management thinkers in the world. She is also a semifinalist for the Forbes 50 over 50 list. In addition to publishing in academic journals, she's a contributor to Forbes and Psychology Today, where she writes about optimizing success. Her research is about the mindset and skill set of peak performers, including Nobel laureates, astronauts, and Olympic champions. Her forthcoming book, The Success Factor, will be out in January. All right, well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes, uh, we'll, have, we'll have a fun time today. But, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> what, what I like to do to get started is so that the audience understands who's talking to them is, why don't you tell us your story, kind of how you got to be where you are? Uh, it was a long and windy road. I am a doctor who's not a physician, working in healthcare and used to work in finance and banking. So I got my um, bachelor's and master's in business, worked in finance. I thought that's what we were supposed to do international banking specifically, uh, lasted two years. And then I realized just because you're good at something doesn't mean you enjoy doing it. And I always loved working with students, but I had previously worked with undergrads. I was that um, hall director that you always had in college if you lived on campus. And I just wanted a different type of experience where I was dealing less with disciplinary issues and more with operations and strategy. So I said, what's the most competitive program I could find? Because those people would have too much to lose. And I realized there's something called an MD-PhD program, the students who get both an MD and a PhD simultaneously. And I ran that program for over 20 years. I did everything from recruitment, admissions, student affairs, operations, budgets, grant writing, marketing, alumni affairs, you name it, I did it. And I realized that globally, we were looking just like we're looking now during the great resignation at all the people who are leaving our workforce, leaving our pipeline. And I was always more interested in those who were doing such incredible and great work that they were more than making up for anybody who is leaving. And I thought those people were being ignored. So at the age of 43, while working full time and raising my family and having elder care for my parents, I decided I was going to do one more thing. And I went to live out a dream. I um, went back to school, got my doctorate at the age of, I started at the age of 43, got my doctorate and the rest is history. Now I study extreme high achievers, such as, as you said, the Nobel prize winners and the astronauts and the Olympic champions to figure out what has made them so successful and how the rest of us can get that. So I'm an adult educator. So I reverse engineered the path 
And now I go around the world writing about it, teaching about it. I wrote my book, The Success Factor, about it. And, and here we are chatting about it. Excellent. So we'll talk a little bit about um, the book. So um, what's it all about and what, what can we learn from it? So the book is called The Success Factor, Developing the Mindset and Skill Set for Peak Business Performance. And it's really how I found out that the Nobel Prize winning scientist is just like an Olympic gold medal figure skater. And if that's the case, that means that success is a learned skill. And if they're learned skills, I'm an adult educator, I can teach it. So the book is really about the four mindsets of extreme high achievers and really how you yourself, if you want to become a high achiever and improve your success, instead of trying all these random things out, I actually teach you how you can implement each one of those mindsets. Now, one thing I know as an adult educator, that Wade, what works for me is not going to work for you. And what works for me today is not going to work for me the next time I have a transition in my life, a new job, a new partner, a move, a baby, oh, you know, a pandemic. So I needed to offer options for people, lots of options. So every single time I talk about an element of success, I actually, the last third of the book really talks about different ways that you can implement that in your own lives immediately. Now, one of the key things that I learned about the extreme high achievers is that the four mindsets that they have to develop their, their success, they do all four simultaneously. So you can't pick and choose first, I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna do that. No, you have to do all four. And the book really offers different ways to do that. And this is really based on adult learning theory and best practices based on my interviews with all of these people, everyone from um, Dr. Peggy Whitson, the former NASA chief astronaut, and Apollo Ono, the most decorated winter Olympian and Mirabal champion on Dancing with the Stars. And eight-time NBA champion, Steve Kerr, the coach of the Golden State Warriors. And the guy leading up our, our COVID pandemic task force in the way we're dealing with it, Dr. Tony Fauci. So there's so many different angles that, that I looked at and realized that all of these people, doesn't matter if you are the founder and CEO of Build-A-Bear Workshop, or if you are Scott Hamilton, who won the gold medal in figure skating, they they approach success in exactly the same way. And that's why the rest of us can too. So without giving away the whole book, um, what, what is the way they all approach success? What were the similarities? So there was actually four, four things that they have all done. The first is that they have found what we call their intrinsic motivation, what they love to do, what they would do for free if they could. It's that fire inside of them. They're not worried about the promotions, the diplomas, the gold medal, the Nobel Prize. That was never their goal. That was never why they did it. There was a different reason for doing it. And that passion comes from inside. And in fact, I always ask the Olympians, can you show me your medals? Mm -hmm. Only two of them had it on display. And these are the stories I share in, in the success factor. And I said, well, don't you have a trophy room? <laughs> and they said, no, it was never about the medal. The medal is a chapter in my life, not the entire story, which I found very interesting. So 
they, they tapped into their intrinsic motivation. The second one is their perseverance, meaning they work harder than anyone because there's a reason that they're doing it. There's, a, there's that fire inside of them. And I don't mean that they're working 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I do mean that they learn how to optimize their peak performance time. And we talk in the book, The Success Factor, I talk about how you can really optimize your peak, what I call peak cognitive hours. The third is a really strong foundation, which is constantly being reinforced. What you did early in your career, you do later in your career. So for example, Neil Katyal argued 45 cases before the Supreme Court of the United States, more than any other minority lawyer. What he did on his first case he did on his 45th case. He prepares a binder with every possible question he might get asked. He does moot courts, which are like uh, simulated courts. He did them for, for case number one. He did them all the way through case number 45. And the night before the opening arguments, he goes into his kids' rooms and he really describes what the case is about. Because he said, if I can really explain it in the simplest of terms, then the court will understand as well. He did those same three things over and over and over again. He never said, ah, it's my 45th case. I don't need to do this anymore. Last, but certainly not least, doesn't matter all of their big degrees or their um, accolades that they won. All of these extreme high achievers are constantly learning and they're learning through informal means. So you always hear about the the billionaires, Mark Cuban, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. They read three to eight hours a day. For those of us that don't have three to eight hours a day or don't like to read three to eight hours a day, there are other ways that you can learn. Reading is not what made them billionaires. It's opening their mind up to new knowledge. That's what made them billionaires. They open their mind up to new knowledge and they make connections that other people haven't yet seen. So what are some of the ways that we can start learning new things? Well, we can certainly read books or blogs or articles or watch YouTube videos or listen to podcasts such as this one. Hopefully I'm sharing some good stuff here. You could take classes on LinkedIn learning. You can watch webinars. And also all of the extreme high achievers surrounded themselves, not with one, but with a team of mentors who believed in themselves more who believed in them more than they believed in themselves. And that is really key, is that we need to have this team of mentors because 76% of people understand the benefits of mentoring, but only 37% of people actually have them. So finding a team of mentors is so critical. And in the book, in the success factor, I actually teach you how to find a team of mentors, how to approach someone you don't know and ask for mentorship. And there are also all these conversation starters that I share in the success factor. Yeah, so mentors is such a broad term. So what kind of mentors should people be seeking out? There's actually three levels of mentors that you should have. Someone who's senior to you, they understand the politics of the organization, of the field. They have a really well-developed network and they understand how things work. They will know who has your back and who will stab you in the back. You also want people at your level, peer mentors, or what I call friendors, because these are people who understand and can empathize with what you're going through right now. 
And remember, you're not going to be junior forever. You're definitely going to rise up. So in the book, I shared the story of the president of Simmons University, Lynn Wooten, and the dean of Wharton, the top business school, Erica James. The two of them are best friends. One's a president of university, the other is a dean of a top business school. But they met as graduate students at Michigan in their 20s, but peers rise together. And last but not least, you definitely want people who are junior to you because they can teach you things as well, which would be extremely helpful. So those are the three levels of mentors that would be helpful to you to have on your team. And don't forget retirees, they are golden. Yeah, it's interesting because we don't often think of those junior to us as, as mentors. That's right. Sadly, we don't. But, you know, it's I tell academics, I said, who do you think is reading the whole article? You don't have time to read the whole article. They're reading the entire articles and they're also talking to people in other fields. So they'll hear how things are done in other fields. If you want help with social media or branding, who do you think knows how to do it better than anybody? Right. These are digital natives. They certainly know how to do it. They're also thinking very differently. And if you want to adapt and if you want to be heard by other people, you need to understand how they're learning and how they're processing information. So you might as well hear it directly from them. Excellent, excellent stuff. Um, so there's a lot of things you know, in your list of four and, mm -hmm. and there's things that need to be done simultaneously. Mm -hmm. How do people find the time for that? So you actually have to do all four simultaneously. And, and it's the intrinsic motivation, the perseverance, the strong foundation, and the continuous informal learning. I think what's really happening is that we're all doing stuff. And we think we're busy, but we're not being productive. There's a very big difference between being busy and being productive. And some of the some of what I talk about in the success factor is how to really optimize your time, how to do more work in less time. The work doesn't shrink, but the way we do it, even the time of day in which we do it can definitely make a difference. And these are all techniques that are shared in the success factor. Yeah. Excellent. So what's next for you? Well, the book is coming out and we're definitely talking about the success factor and people are really curious about how to become more successful and the mentorship. And um, I am really riding this wave and seeing where it takes me. I also have ideas for some additional books. So, so we will see, we'll see where this goes, but I, I am excited and I'm thrilled at the feedback that's been coming in, the Amazon reviews that have been coming in. It, this has really been a work over years and years interviewing all these people and writing during the pandemic. Um, and I'm just glad that people are enjoying it. And I, I love hearing from them. Yeah, that's, that's very rewarding for sure. It certainly is. <laughs> so these are, these are four things that are um, really the traits of success or the success factors. Are there mm -hmm. the opposite side of that? Are there things that are common that, the successful people avoided? So, yes. Um, and that's part of when we talk about the intrinsic motivation and the perseverance and the strong foundation and the continuous learning. We do talk about things like that. And it's interesting. The extreme high achievers were not so attracted to the shiny new toys because they knew that it would detract them from their goals. And one of the things that we 
that, that I talk about in the book is having a goal audit. And that's actually one of the downloads that's available with the book um, is that goal audit. What, what is your goal? What are you doing to meet that goal? What are the things that are just detracting you from your goal? And understanding that and knowing that is pivotal because you will see that you have a lot of things that are not aligned with your goals. So I tell people, if it doesn't align, you must resign. You do not need to be on every single committee and task force that you are asked to do, not if it doesn't align with your goal. Yeah, that's excellent advice because a lot of times we want to do it all, right? That's right. You know, and um, <laughs> either we want to do it all or we just haven't figured out how to say no. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. <laughs> So excellent, excellent advice. Um, so for people who are buying the book, you know, and they, they want to be successful, you know, they, they want to be um, an Olympic star or Fauci. Um, <laughs> what, what should they do first? So I think with the four elements of success that we discussed, the first thing, I said you have to do all four at the same time, but if you had to start, you first have to start by identifying what is your passion and purpose? What is it that you were put on this earth to do? Because there's a lot of research that says you only need to spend 20% of your time actually doing that. But imagine if you could turn your career into that, how great it would be. So one of the things that, that I talk about in the success factor is also doing a passion audit. That's another one of the downloads that, that's available in the book to figure out what is it that you love doing? What do you not enjoy doing? What are you good at? but don't enjoy doing, there's a difference. Remember my, my story from my banking days, right? So it's really learning how to decipher between those and really, really fine tune how to find what it is that you so enjoy doing. That really it's hard for you to go to sleep at night because you're so pumped about this and yet you jump out of bed in the morning because you're so excited to get started. Trust me, there are people who have figured this out. And once you do, it is, it's really exciting and you are really onto something. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you make the point of good versus, uh, enjoy. Yes. And, there is a difference. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't see that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and in fact, there's a lot of schools of thought out there that say they're the same. Oh no. That you enjoy what you're good at. And, uh, Oh no, so there's a difference. In fact, um, I have spoken to, uh, both Apollo Anton Ono, as I mentioned, he's the most decorated winter Olympian and Bonnie Blair, who also won multiple gold medals in long track speed skating. They were both champion swimmers, hmm. actually. Apollo was a state level champion swimmer, but both Apollo Ono and Bonnie Blair will tell you they did not enjoy it. And because they did not enjoy it, the practices would just drag on. But when you enjoy something, it is you want to stay in practice longer because you're so into it and they're able to get into a state of flow. You could be good at a lot of things. Doesn't mean you enjoy it. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. And, and a lot of people that have kind of done that second career or third career, fourth career, whatever it is, they know that. And Absolutely. Find what you love doing. So this is, this is all excellent stuff. You know, it's uh, I, I love how you can apply, you know, stories from the Olympic athletes to, you know, everyday business world. That's right. And that's, that was really my aha moment when I realized that an astronaut is just like an Olympian 
Mm-hmm. That's when I realized, oh, we can actually learn how to do this. They weren't born with this. We can actually learn. And if we can learn it, I'm an adult educator. My God, I can teach it. So that's what I did. I, I created this blueprint for people. I gave action plans that are based on best practices and really just weaved in different industries together because there's so much that we can learn from other industries. And I was just thrilled to be able to do it. It was really one of the big honors of my life. Yeah, it's funny because we do tend to be a little bit insular when it comes to industry. And Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, you I get any... to be mentored by these people too. So how cool is that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, your mentor team is uh, very high profile. It's, it's they're pretty <laughs> impressive people. Yes, yeah. <laughs> love that. Um, so did you have them read the book? Um, they read their portions. I am mm-hmm. actually about to um, sign the dedications for all of them. Best hand cramp I will ever have, <laughs> and uh, it's being shipped to them shortly. Excellent. And and when is it? When is it out? It's out. Uh, it's already out on Kindle, and anybody mm-hmm. listening in Europe, it's already out. And in the U.S., it's out on January twenty fifth in print. Excellent, excellent. Um, for those of you who are listening as we release these, that's today. So run out and get your get your copy. The um, <clears throat> so good stuff, really great stuff. And you know, one more uh, question before I let you get out of here. You know, so you told us how to how to buy the book. But um, how else can people find you? Sure. My, my website is ruthgotian.com. Ruth, R-U-T-H, G like Gary, O-T like Tom, I-A, and like Nancy. You could find information there on me and where I speak and the book and all the social media is just my name. And if uh, we connect on social media, then you will see all of my articles I write for Forbes and Psychology Today and Harvard Business Review. So I leak out this information on a regular basis. And you never know, sometimes I quote people. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and I, I lied. I have one more question for you. So, <laughs> so are you enjoying what you're doing now? Love it. Definitely found my passion and purpose for sure. And you know what? That's when things change. That's when things change in the career. That's when things changed with you know, the Forbes 50 over 50 and the thinkers 50 and um, all of that stuff, because I loved what I was doing. And I guess it really showed. Yeah. You know, and it's um, so it's not just a matter of a bunch of research. You've actually lived it as well. I, I, I tell everyone I was patient zero for sure. <laughs> I practiced it on myself. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time with us today. This is, uh, this is good stuff. And I encourage everybody to, to look at the book. And- Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me chat about the success factor. And, uh, and thanks for listening to the aim twin podcast. Remember to subscribe and follow wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And you can also find me on LinkedIn and on my website. Mm